0: Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand.
1: This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. You can think of our next guest, Thomas Dambo, as a kind of Johnny Appleseed. But instead of leaving apple trees in his wake, there are huge trolls trolls hunting humans in Chicago, hugging a tree in Australia, sitting pensively in a forest in China. Dambo calls himself a recycle art activist. He uses castaway stuff like discarded shipping pallets and scraps of lumber to make these enormous sculptures. He is in the Pacific Northwest these days as part of his latest cross-country troll building tour. And he joins me now. Welcome to the show. Hello, welcome, or thank you. Thank you very much. How has your trip to the Northwest been so far?
0: It's been really nice. Uh, I actually just arrived uh, yesterday evening in uh, Bainbridge. Hmm.
1: Can you describe the troll that uh, is is already underway, the work for it is already underway in Portland?
0: Yeah, so the the one in Portland will be the fifth of my uh, 10 sculpture road trip that I'm doing. And um, yeah, it's it's in the back... in the garden behind this um, place called the New Nordia House. Um, and there is like a four small uh, red uh, cabins. And then the troll is like lifting up the roof, kind of like you would lift up the hood of your car. And then it's looking into the big human cookie jar to see if there's anything to snack.
1: <laughs> um, the, the, I should say this is um, at the Nordic Northwest Cultural Center, which is in Southwest Portland. One of the things that fascinates me about y- your work is that uh, the ways in which trolls can either be scary or playful. and and yours often are are both at once, not not truly scary, but not um, harmless either. How how do you think about the range of what trolls can be for humans?
0: Well, the way that I uh, see and the, the characters that I create, they are kind of like uh, they're your friend if you're if you're their friend, and they're like the voice of nature because like trees and animals they don't really speak. So the the way I think it is that I give my trolls the the option to communicate with the humans. So if you're like treating the, the trolls and, and their animal and plant friends good, then they'll provide for you and your family. But if not, then maybe they'll come and blow your house over.
1: <laughs> or throw a gigantic rock at you or trap you underneath a, a, a big trap. Yeah. I'm, I know that trolls are a part of a, of a long tradition in Nordic mythology. What did they mean to you when you were growing up?
0: Yeah, it's like it was kind of a coincidence in some way that I started building these now um, 121 giant recycled troll sculptures in 17 countries. I've been now, um, but I think it could have been something else that I ended up doing. But but because my mother she used to sing me a troll song as a kid and. Then there was like, we always went to this little island where there was a like a folklore about that there was a troll living on this little Danish island. And then I would rent cassette tapes with trolls. And so I think it was just, it's a part embedded in Danish folklore. Uh, that's what people believed before Christianity came. Um, trolls was a part of all the, the things and all the stories people believed back then. And so I think I just took the chance to use it as a vehicle to tell the stories that I like to tell.
1: Hmm. And it's it's worth noting that I mean when you talk about the stories you want to tell you don't mean that as a metaphor that that's very literal right I mean for each of these works you write stories and poems or songs that that go along with them that explain what's happening
0: Yeah I've been, I've had a long career now I'm 43 but I've had a long career also as a hip hop musician so I made nine rap albums before so that taught me a lot about storytelling and like how to write poems or how to write rhymes. So now I write like poems and fairy tales that comes along with my my sculptures. Sometimes they're as long as a book and sometimes it's just like four lines of uh, rhymes.
1: Could we hear some of, of a favorite?
0: Um, yeah, for example, I just made this one called uh, Benny Beardfisher. So Benny, he's like laying on the on the shore of a river, up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And then he's like fishing with his beard into the river. So the the story is, Benny's beard can reach across the pond and through the river. Long and strong, the beard will wrap around you like a twister. Trolls can grow a beard, both as a baby, miss, and mister, but any troll would envy that of Benny Beard the Fisher.
1: Um, Let's talk about the size of these sculptures, because yeah. the, it's, it's one of the most striking aspects of your art. We're talking about work that's 15, 20, 25 feet high. Why have you been drawn to make art on this scale?
0: Um, I've I've had a really big gas tank my whole life. So I've always been creating and building and I'm also a big dude. I'm like uh, two meters. So I don't know. That's like six foot, almost seven feet tall. So it's like, um, yeah, I think it's a lot of energy and being big and having big ideas that makes you do uh, build big things, I think. (laughs) And then I'm also really impatient. So I don't like to sit and fiddle with like one little perfect, like, Drawing on a piece of paper, I like more to like build something really big and really fast. And uh, and for that, like building things in scraps, it works really good because scraps they're a little bit broken and a little bit imperfect when you start building with them. So um, they just get nicer than when you start using them for something. Um, yeah. And then I've always loved building with wood and always loved nature and always liked like exploring and creating something together with other people and overcoming that that task and then looking at what we've accomplished together. And and so that's basically what I do now. I travel to a place, I meet a bunch of volunteers, like in the last project here we did, like um, last week in uh, Victor, Colorado, we had a hundred volunteers helping me and my crew of 10 in in nine days. And then we turned 200 pallets into this massive big sculpture that's like, it's crawling. And pushing like small gravel into like a mine shaft to clean up after the humans because it's the whole area is like littered with with mine shafts from the 1800s gold rush. And then... Yeah. Then we build that and then we accomplish it. And then we look at each other and we're like, wow, look at what all our small hands can do with all that scrap. And now we build this massive big sculpture. So uh, that's just a really fulfilling thing to do.
1: But like an old fashioned barn raising where a community would come together and build something. But in this case, instead of a barn, you're building a a huge troll. Where do you get the people? I mean, how do you build an army of volunteers?
0: I think first of all you have to have a a message and you have need to have a a mission something that people can partake in you know it can be something negative or it can be something positive but it has to be something you know and my mission it is to show the world that we can that we can instead of having a world that's drowning in its own trash we can solve that issue by making beautiful th- and 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 important things out of our trash um so pe- people like to be a part of, of, of that and come and help me do that and they get inspired But what I do and then maybe they go home and make a doghouse or they go home and ma- make a bed for their child or something out of, of scraps. And so I think you need to have that and then you need to communicate it out and you need to put yourself in front of of that uh, like that movement for for people to, to follow it. And then you have to be kind and thankful and then I think that people will uh, will follow and I hope that uh, the people in your presidential run, they will uh, will take that instead of taking the
1: the hate perspective. Hmm. Where do you get 200 pallets?
0: The like the last uh, run we did, the the pallets they came from uh, the hardware store. Um, I think it's called Ace Hardware or something like that. So they had just been collecting all the ones they normally just like either burn or or drive to the landfill so they've been collecting them then we got all those pallets and then we got some de- 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 um, deconstructed um, uh, like sheds and I have some of the fallen barn and stuff like that up from the old wood up from Colorado like from really old, old good quality wood but because it's bent or it has a nut or a nail in it or like that, then maybe it's easier for a modern-day constructor to just decommission it and then buy some brand new wood instead. Hmm.
1: But my understanding is, for you, it's it's not just that you like to to reuse things that are scraps or trash or uh, would be thrown away. Uh, it's it's not just that, but it's also you find beauty in a lot of these pieces, in the the the. Pieces of a log, the, the bark side of a log that wouldn't be used for clean boards, that that rougher stuff looks better sometimes um, as the, the skin of a troll.:
0: There's a, a couple of ways that I see it is like first of all, like if you go and buy like, let's say you go to a, a big uh, like furniture store and then you buy a brand new chair for $100 dollars, then that brand new chair. It, it maybe it's a beautiful design, but it has no story. It has no soul. It's never been anywhere before. It just came straight out of like the mass production assembly line in some factory somewhere in the world, and then now you have it. So the only value it actually has it's those one hundred dollars that you obtained the chair for. So because of that, maybe you're going to throw it out next year because it doesn't really have any value. Whereas if you go and buy somebody's old chair, you go to, let's say you go to like uh, visit your grandmother and then there's a flea market and then you buy it off your grandmother's next door neighbor because uh, her child is too old and you get that old, blue, beautiful chair that you get for $10. And that has like an affection value and it it has like um, a reason for it to to stay uh, alive. It's like... So then even though it has scratches, it's like beautiful, like the wrinkles on your grandmother's face makes her more beautiful because it tells the story of the lives that she's been living. And you feel that in the material that you use to to build uh, sculptures with also that it's been something before. It, it feels like it's it's weathered and it has a story. And I think that's really, really important. And then also just the fact that we're building it with our hands and with all the volunteers, it gives it so much soul and, um Yeah. I think that's why people like it. I don't know if I'm rambling, but that's how I feel it.
1: You noted that you've now made 121 trolls in 17 countries. How much do you think about the lives of these these sculptures, these trolls, after when when you fly somewhere else, when when you move on?
0: And so, of course, I don't i it's impossible for me to go back and revisit all the sculptures that I've made because it's simply just I don't have I prefer to go and build a new one instead and 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 give that gift to a new community. But I see all the photos that people put up like in diff in the different seasons, you know, so, the ones I I made in uh, Korea, you know. The, so now I see the photos of them when they're like then in the autumn, with all the re- leaves are red, or maybe the one in in Victor. One day I'll see the see it the, with the snowy mountains around it. And and when we drove down here from uh, to the northwest, up from Colorado, uh, I already have one other sculpture in, in in a city called Breckenridge. So we passed through that one to go and visit it because it was just on the on the way. And then. And then it's like behind this, the ice skating range or the ice skating arena. And when we when we came there, I was like, there must be a game going on or something like that. Um, but it just, I just realized there was no game going on. There was just like a hundred cars there. Everybody was there to see that sculpture. There's like, I was there for 12 minutes. Uh, I hiked in and hiked out again. It's just a small little hike into a forest. I had met 121 people in 12 minutes.
1: Did they know like, that, that you uh, were the one who created it?
0: I don't think that much of them know. It's not important for me to be famous. It's important for me that the art that I create, that it's liked, and that I give people these experiences and and the understanding that that something made of something old is just as good as something made from something new. Because if we understand that, then the resources we have in our limited world will last us way, way longer. Hmm.
1: I understand that you're traveling, you're doing all of this now with twin boys who recently turned one. What has that been like?
0: Yeah, that's correct. I have uh, Cora and Pepper, and then my, my wife Alexis is from New Hampshire. So uh, we have uh, bought an old uh, RV, and then we've now driven the 4,000 miles from uh, New Jersey all the way to uh, yeah, to here in uh, in Bainbridge where I'm now. Uh, bringing our two one-year-old toddlers that are learning to walk at the same time—it's been kind of a, of a challenge, but it's also been fun. And like, I just feel really fortunate that even though I have this life traveling around the world and doing this, I, I can also bring my kids with me and my wife with me. And so maybe we can't do that in five years, but right now we can do it. And I think children—they just adapt, you know, adopt and get used to what their grown-ups do. You know, so. Now they're just like super happy to meet all the people and everybody can just pick them up and they'll smile and laugh and play with everybody who's around and they're not afraid of every, anybody. And so I think that's a, a good trait. I've always been a shy kid myself, so I'm happy to teach my kids to, to communicate and be happy around other
1: people. Thomas Dambo, thanks very much. Um, and it was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for having me and have a great day. You too. It's Thomas Dambo, a recycle art activist who is currently um, about to uh, come to Portland to work on his latest large troll sculpture. There's going to be a public unveiling of it this Friday afternoon at the Nordic Northwest Cultural Center in southwest Portland. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. We'll be back tomorrow think out loud is supported by steven jan oliva the rose e tucker charitable trust and michael Kristen, andrew and anna kern